0: Welcome to One Dive at a Time, the official podcast of Neptune Warrior, healing heroes one dive at a time. Hey, this is Rob. I am the founder and the director of Neptune Warrior, where our mission is healing heroes one dive at a time. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the metaphor that we use for navigation. But before I get into that, I want to first say thank you to everybody, all of our veteran community, as well as our first responders and our civilian community that is participating in the survey that I have going on right now. If you want more information or if you are a veteran and would like to participate in that, it is completely anonymous. I have no way of knowing who put what answers on there unless you come back and tell me, hey, this is what I answered. I, I don't want to know who who is answering. I just need the information. And this is information that we looked at when we first started this program five years ago. We did the survey again four years ago. And right now, I'm working to... Correlate the information that we're pulling off that survey to do a couple of things one is to better understand how to reach our our community and the second one is really looking at some things that i've got that that i'm theorizing on ptsd and trauma after childhood like as you first come into the military and trying to separate out that between high ops tempo combat experience and things like that. So we could definitely use any any input on that. But what I'm finding out is is really interesting and it correlates with the information that we found to be true several years ago. It's just that we have a little more a little more knowledge about it and of course we've had a chance to work You know, to really work with our our veterans. But there's some things that we're finding out about our community as we go through that. First of all, uh, our veterans actually have a fourfold increase in the likelihood of alcoholism. And that's something that we didn't realize before. Suffering from chronic depression, the increased risk risk is tripled. 42% of women, 30% of men. Now, by the way, there's some research out there that shows that women... Caucasian women in North America actually have the highest depression rates of anybody in the world, and that is that's not even including the veteran audience so once you add that in there then that also increases your chances uh, having problems at work it uh, you know fifteen percent uh, likelihood uh, serious financial problems double as a veteran who has had a uh, traumatic experience and uh and it just, you know, just the things the things that, the things that we, keep, we keep finding out again and again. Now, I, I went in and I looked at this and compared it to some work that, uh, that Dr. Charles Hogue had done. Now, Dr. Charles Hogue is a retired colonel out of the U.S. Army. He wrote a great book. If you have PTSD, if you have been on a deployment, whether or not you're in direct combat operations or not, If you are the spouse, the caretaker, if you are dating a veteran, I highly recommend reading his book. If you are in my uh, community through Neptune Warrior and you're coming out to sit by the pits, guys, I keep four or five copies on the shelf and they are continuously going out and getting loaned out and then coming back. A lot of times people will actually go out and buy the book for themselves, but, but I do have that available. But here are some things that Uh, you know as I was going through the data and looking at at the data that we're pulling, I went back and I remember there was some information that Dr. Hogue had presented around the percentage of soldiers, Marines and Airmen reporting stigma and other barriers to receiving care. Now it's because that stigma is one of the reasons why I started Neptune because I wanted to get you know get away from from the stigma and, and help my you know my fellow service members Get away from the stigma that this whole thing around PTSD and trauma isn't life-ending. In fact, you know, you you know, it doesn't mean that everything comes to a halt. It means that we need to back up, we need to reassess, and and then move forward. But here are some things that that I found to be really interesting: the the difference between, uh, you know, all all other soldiers, Marine, airmen, sailors, you know, if they're in the same unit. 17% 17% say that they don't trust mental health professionals. If someone is diagnosed with PTSD, that jumps up to 38%. 6% don't know where to get help. If they haven't been diagnosed, 22% say they do know where to get help. So that That, that is a little better number. One of the things that we're finding, though, is that difficulty in getting time off for treatment. 55% of veterans who have been diagnosed with PTSD, say it's difficult to get time off, or at least that's the perception or the stigma. Whereas it's only 22%, and the numbers just keep you know the numbers just keep rolling in uh, that it would harm my career. 50% say uh, that going out and getting help or receiving care it would harm their career, versus 24%. And in my own story, I know that coming back off of a mission. They had us all in the base theater, and while we were there, standing in the back was the commander and the first sergeant. And there was a mental health professional that said, "Hey, you guys have seen a lot of things that you probably were not expecting to see. You know, as a matter of fact, I mean, we, you know, we'd we'd seen body parts, we'd seen bodies. I mean, all kinds of stuff, right? And and in a later podcast, I'll go into the details of what that assignment was. But I remember that the chaplain in the front and the mental health professional in the front said, all right, anybody who's having nightmares, who's having flashbacks, who's having difficulty, that's facing depression, that has lost their appetite for food, has lost desire for sex, just go ahead and raise your hand and I'll give you my card and a pamphlet. And I can tell you right now, out of a 44-man deployment team, nobody, nobody, not a single person raised their hand. Why? Why? Because if we had been deemed unfit to deploy, we would have wound up on what they called weeds and seeds. So for those of you who don't know what that is, imagine that your duty, instead of going out and doing what you were trained to do, that you found yourself in a situation where you're now mowing the grass, painting rocks and, and all kinds of stuff. And so nobody sought help. That's where something like Neptune comes in. In our own survey, again, going back to you know, some things that came back in our own survey, uh, when, when we looked at the number of people who felt that they were loved and had someone special as they were growing up, only 40% said yes. When asking the question if a parent or an adult in the household pushed, grabbed, slapped, or threw, threw something at them, or ever hit so hard that it left marks and they were injured, 50% said yes. When asked if a household member was depressed or mentally ill, or if they had attempted suicide, 60% said yes. These are the people who go out and work to defend our way of life. That is what happens in childhood. Then you go into the military and then you are in a toxic environment, high-stress environment, high-tempo environment, have a combat deployment, may see direct combat action. All of that adds up. That is why it's so important, the work that we do in Neptune, and that's why you'll hear me doing a lot of metaphors, and that kind of leads me into what I'm gonna talk about to, uh, in this episode is is one of the metaphors that we use is navigation. So a few weeks ago, I had a chance to work with a few of our vets on their underwater navigation skills. And for me, out of the, out of the entire menu of diving skills, this is one of the most important. And when the time allows, I really try to ensure that my students get an extra dose of work with the compass. I believe that is just it's just one of those foundational skills Plus, it's a skill that gives a lot of a lot of self-validation, and and it's very, you know you quickly get validated whether or not you hit the point or not. You know when we look at the history of the compass, it it is complex. In fact, at one time it was even held as a trade secret and a military secret. You know passages that provided economic or tactical advantages were kept very close to the chest. Even to this day, in some militaries. The use of the compass is restricted to officers and senior ncos not because it's hard to learn but because it's just such a tightly held secret when we look at the evolution of the compass and you know originally it was just knowing where north was and moving a different direction from that we progressed through a four point compass an eight point compass a 16 point compass, and and now eventually we're at a three we're now at 360 degrees which gets you incredibly much more accuracy now i know a lot of people out there who've called in artillery we'll talk about mills and their 6400 mills we're not going to go quite into that detail we don't need that for this but the thing is a compass doesn't tell you where you are it only tells you the direction that you're going other than establishing north uh, it it doesn't even tell you which way uh, you know to to travel as a diver You're responsible for setting up the direction and then following that direction. But for a compass to be truly useful, you have to have a map. You have to know where you're at and you have to know where you're going. And the compass then makes sure that you're on the right path. When you think about it, you know, a compass is also susceptible to mistakes. If you get too close to metal, if you let it bounce around the bottom of your dive bag and it gets a bubble in it, it, that throws off the navigation. If you try to navigate while your buddy has their compass out, or if you're too close to a dive computer, you can wind up swimming around in circles. So having a compass, yes, it's important, but also understanding that it needs a map to be effective, and there are also things that can throw it off. For me, there's times when I'm in zero viz and I'll simply pull out my compass and swim in a general direction just to see what I can find, to see if there's something out there. If you start from, like, a known platform or, you know, if you start from a known object such as a, a platform that you know where it's at or some type of a geographic feature, you know, what I'll do is I'll set out a direction. I'll swim, and if I, you know, if I wind up lost, then I've got a place to go back to. So not only does the compass guide you on that path, but it can also show the direction where you need to go back to so that you can start again. And like I said before, it's best used if you've got a chart, a map or at least a hand-drawn sketch of where things are at. I've taken my compass and after asking somebody who was local for a couple you know a couple years ago when I was in Maui, I wanted to go see seahorses. And I wanted to take, you know, some people out to go see seahorses. And I was given the basic guidance of, well, from the telephone pole on the shore or from a pole on the shore, you swim at X degrees, I think it was like 70 degrees. When you come to forty feet of water, you want to turn right and kick no more than one hundred fin kicks. And so having that direction, having the compass, but also having a direction to go with it, you know, is you know, is, is ideal. So don't think of a compass as only you know, you know, it the compass is not the end all be all. When we transfer this over into a metaphor, let me show you how that how that is. A few years ago When I was on the verge of divorce, I knew that I was going to want to travel, but at the time I was saddled with about $60,000 in debt. And you guys have heard my my debt speech a couple of times if you've listened to this podcast. My map had the endpoint of wanting to do more dive travel and not do it on a credit card. I didn't want to go on a trip and come back and face credit card debt. So on the map, I had certain places I had to navigate to first. First of all, I I had to reduce the consumer debt that I had. I had to pay off a student loan. I had to pay off my Jeep. Those were all points on the map to get me to that end goal to travel more. I also knew that there was checkpoints along that. And I knew that there were certain actions that needed to take place on each objective. And so not eating out, you know, the only time I saw a restaurant was when I was delivering for uber eats knowing that i had to work an extra job so i actually got a job at a big box retailer and i was making an extra 500 to a thousand dollars per paycheck plus i was getting my workouts in because i was doing night stalking i was doing a lot more you know teaching of scuba classes for for non-veterans and i wasn't doing stupid stuff I was doing more meal prep instead of eating processed foods or buying, uh, you know, just whatever happened to be, you know, whatever happened to be around, I did more meal prep and saved a ton of money by doing that. And my direction, my compass was taking me to each of those points that I had placed out on that map. And I actually reduced my monthly expenses by about $2,000. It was pretty big. And then... Going through that, it actually led me into a new gig working as a financial coach to help other people do the same things. So guess who's doing more dive travel now? But again, it's using those metaphors. You know, I'm u- Again, I'm using the, the, the compass as a metaphor. And I want you to think about how a compass, you know, what is your compass? And what's on your map as you try to move forward is navigating navigating the VA system is navigating looking at your dive career and saying, okay, today I'm an open water student or today I have my advanced and I want to navigate through master scuba diver or maybe I want to become an instructor or maybe I want to do more tech diving. So all those are things that, that can be placed on your map that will get you in the direction, you know, using the compass you and using that to get you going in the direction that you need to accomplish some of those goals. That is one of the key things that we teach in Neptune is, hey, Have a goal, have a purpose, and go out and meet it. Use your community, leverage your community, and keep pressing forward as you're doing that. So, hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know I kind of meandered around a little bit, but there were some things I wanted to get across today that are vitally important for what we're doing. And um, make sure that you are checking out uh, our Instagram pages, both Neptune Warrior as well as Scuba Mock Rob over on Instagram. We are at on Facebook. Hey guys, right now we are at a critical time because we're about ready to renew instructor memberships and, and and insurance. If you see it within your heart, please donate so we can help offset those costs for our instructors and dive masters. So thank you again so much for listening. Remember, as long as you've got air, you're all right.